Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good tevoch, a good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights LLC and it is an honor and memory of Rabbi Yisuf Alevi Weinberg Olova Shalom, Rabbi Moshe Pinchas Akoyen Katz Olova Shalom, Rabbi Yael Akoyen Khan Olova Shalom. It's also a schus and merit of Abzevi Cheskel Hakoyen and Risha Katz, Erich Yamim Bishanim Tevis, for many long, healthy years. We're in the middle of Pedic Zion of chapter 7, and the Alter Rebbe is laying out actually what life is all about life in this world. And just to put it in context, and then we'll continue the reading inside where we left off last week. Just imagine, imagine yourself traveling on, a, on the road. There are things in life that you must be doing. Your heart has to beat. You need to breathe. But maybe even a better example, there are things you need love in your life. You need to love and be loved. I'm talking very basic. There are things that are absolutely off limits. You shouldn't be eating poisonous food, doing things, putting your hand in fire, doing anything that may be destructive to you. So there, that's black and white. Things that must be done, things that are off limits. But then there's a whole other area in life, which is what's called neutral. It's neither must, and it's not prohibited. Like the very fact that you're walking down the road. Now imagine you see an apple tree. It's a warm day, and you suddenly have a desire to eat an apple. We'll soon talk about the details of that. This is called neutral. An apple is kosher, so therefore there's not a problem, it's not prohibited. It's not a must, you don't have to eat it. So here comes a whole area of life, the area of life which is called rishus, which has two options. Option number one, it's really three options, so we'll spell them out. Option number one is you're hungry, you eat the thing, just to eat the apple, in order just to sustain yourself. You're hungry and your body needs food. That's, or you can eat the apple and think to yourself, I'm going to make a bracha, a blessing on the apple. I'm going to use the energy I gained from the apple to do what? To do a mitzvah, to help somebody, to give charity, to daven, to have the strength to do something positive. Or, God forbid, you can eat the apple with destructive intentions. Use the energy you got to hurt somebody, God forbid. To do something that is not desirable, that's, that's, that's prohibited. So the eating of the apple itself is neither one or the other. It's up to you to determine which way it goes. In life, we are always making such choices, whether we're conscious of it or not. The Altareba wants us to be conscious and be deliberate about it. So things what are called Gedusha, that belong in the domain of Gedusha, that are getting their divine energy with, undiluted, without being concealed. Those are the things that we must do. Mitzvahs. Davening, learning Torah. That's in the domain of Gedusha that we learn essentially in chapters 2, 3, 4, and, and 5. Where a person dedicates their entire life, their thought, speech, and action, to fulfilling the, the mitzvahs that Hashem gave us. The things that are solosh klipsat 
is in the domain off limits. They're poison. They're toxic for the human being. They may be used in other ways, but whether it's something that you're not allowed to eat or you're not allowed to use, that's he discusses in chapter 6, especially the end of chapter 6. And then there's a category called Klippas Nega. On one hand, it's not Gdusha, but it's like a radiant, a, a bright Klippa, because it still manifests in some concealed way and can go both directions. What means in both directions? You could eat the apple, like I just said, for Shem Shamayim, or neutral, or for destructive purposes. So when you eat it, L'Shem Shemayim, for good intentions, so the energy, the Klippus energy, <coughs> excuse me, that's concealed in the apple is now being elevated, like we learned earlier in this chapter, to use the exact words, that this level is the Mamutza, he says like this, At times it's encompassed in which we'll talk about in a moment, and sometimes in Gedusha. And he gives, which means that you're not letting it just remain where it is, concealed, the divine. By doing it and using it, and he gives two examples. Whether it's eating, here he doesn't use an apple, I just use that as an example. By eating it, by eating marbled meat, fatty meat, or drinking fragrant wine, in order to expand his mind to learn or using humor to open up the minds of students. So then what's happening? This energy in this Klippas Nega like an example of the apple, is being elevated through your intention to a higher state, that state of Gdusha, because you're directing it there. So on its own, it would have been just an apple on the tree. On its own, it just would have been kosher meat, kosher wine, humor that is neutral, and that's that. So you wouldn't have elevated it, you also wouldn't have brought it down, which we'll talk about. Or, God forbid, the opposite direction. He brings it also to, I should just mention, he also brought, not just in order to expand the mind, but also an actual mitzvah, that you're eating it to fulfill the mitzvah of, the, of Enoch Shabbos and Yontif. So that elevates it. The same thing with humor. On the other hand, one who gorges, indulges on meat and guzzles wine. Loshna Kosov. He's just indulging in order purely to satisfy desires of his body and animal soul. From the word taiva, from the Yisoyed Hamayim as he brought, from the end of chapter 1. Just pleasure, for his own pleasure. What happens then? Then the energy of that meat or wine the meat and wine, I should say, inside, inside the person, inside the person will be absorbed. It descends, and it's absorbed, temporarily, 
It's temporarily. Because the very wine and the, and, the, and the meat are kosher. But it's the human being that's able to, with his negative intention, or indulgent intention, I should say, so this then all encomp- it's encompassed temporarily in the, in the complete negativity of the three impure husks clippus. And furthermore, not just that, that the chai is that the very energy of this food is, is uh, descended and become encompassed, but his very body, because he's eating it, and his body, his body has become a garment, and even more than that, a chariot, a channel, temporarily for these negative powers. Because he's taken, he's taken something and degraded it and using it, the indulgence is what causes it to be that way. So you see here the power of a human being. Before we read on, let me elaborate on this. It's a Mishnah Sanhedrin that says, why was the human being created last? If the human being is the center of the universe, the crown jewel, the purpose of all creation, why was he created last? So the Mishnah gives two reasons. One is, because he's a special guest. First you set a table, and then you bring a guest. You don't bring a special guest to your table, and then set the table. The Shulchan Aruch is set, and then you invite the guest. The second is that seems like the exact opposite answer. What is the second answer? A yitush kodmuch. That we tell a human being that, when you, that when a person sins, don't think you're so special. You were created last. Even a yitush, a lowly insect, a mosquito, was created before you. So which one is it? Is he the crown jewel, the special guest? Or is he lower than an insect? The answer is it depends how he behaves. Because the human being is the only one that has free choice. The apple on the tree in the analogy I gave before, the fatty meat, the wine, the humor, they are all, in a sense, God created them. They're doing nothing wrong. A human being now has the option. You have the option. What are you going to do with these things? One option is that you're going to elevate it. And then the apple and the meat thank you, so to speak, figuratively. Why? Because they could never have done a mitzvah on their own. They're creations of God. And they're part, part of creation. And they serve a purpose in the ecosystem, in God's bigger plan. But they could not do a mitzvah. When you take the strength from an apple and, you're com- complete, and fulfilling the mitzvah, of Enoch, Shabbos, and Yontif. Or let's take the example of meat and wine. That's the exact example that Al Rebbe gives. Which, is, uh, which, which should be the example we use here. I just used it just to give it a little, little uh, so-called color in the example of walking down the street and stuff like that, or walking in a field. So the apple thanks you. The meat thanks you. Because it could never, it sparks, would have accomplished its mission, but it could never go higher than that. Now it's become part of your flesh and blood. Because that's what happens at Dhamma Basar Kipsari. And now it's Nikhlal in Gdusha. In the mitzvah, in the good things that you're doing. Either Heksha mitzvah, because it opens up your mind, expands your mind to learn, or an actual mitzvah of Enik Shabbos and Yantav. God forbid, and then you're the, 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 the guest that came after the table was set, and you've elevated the whole table and all the food on it. On the other hand, 
if a person then goes and, and eats it for indulgent purposes, so the meat and the wine and the apple and anything, and everything was set on the table, says to you, one second, I never transgressed God. I was lying, I was hanging on a tree, the apple says. The meat says, I was part of an animal. Or I'm a piece of kosher meat. Why did you come and degrade me? You've taken me against my will, so to speak, because I have no free will. You've indulged. It's become part of your flesh and blood. And, you, and your wicked behavior, I am now partnering because I'm giving you the energy to do that. So there's an expression, a Hasidic expression, that when a wicked person walks down the street, the cobblestones cry out, what right do you have to walk on me? I never transgressed God. Why are your wicked feet walking on my stones? On me. Even a yitush, even a lowly insect was created before you. So what do you see from this? This is exactly what he's saying in Tanya, but he's putting it into very, I would say, the, the dynamics of it, the building blocks of how it works. Now there's a diuk here that the Rebbe, the Rebbe, in Achan Shapesach, Tov Shin Lamed Vov, so the big Abrengen Ziyomtev, the Rebbe would be mishtatif and participate in the Kinnus Teda that would always happen in Chag, the day after Yomtev. That year the Rebbe spoke, I remember it, but Isra Gavri, Isra Chefza. So we know there's the concept, is the Isra, a certain Isurim, only on the person, that you're not allowed to do it, or also the very object is off limits. It's a whole discussion, Abiy Sevengel, there's a lot of discussion on this. The Rebbe was talking about it from different angles, I'm not going to go through the whole Arichas, but he brought a diok from Tanya here. He asked the question, why does it say Shebi Kirboi? Well, what's missing Says like this. What would be missing if it just said that the chayis, that the energy of the of the basra, of the meat and the wine, is descends v'nichol and is encompassed l'fishah temporarily Because here's the issue here: the object itself, the the meat and the wine, are not shalshkipsatmeis. They don't change fundamentally. They are klipas nega. That's how they were created. Shebekirbe, however, when a person eats from it, what he's doing is the sparks of energy that were klipas nega temporarily because his intentions. So you have like three things here. You have the person, you have the object, in this case the, the meat and the wine, and you have his kavona, his intentions. The intention here has taken the energy of Klippas Nega and Lefishah temporarily put, locked it up or gave him control over it. What he uses is Yered Venichel Beragom Rashol Klippas Atmeis. That's the Dik Bekirbe. Because it's happening within him. Because we're going to learn shortly that when he, do, he could do tshuva and then the, the, the spark returns back to its massive. This is a discussion about Isra de Rabbonin and Isra Zmanim and Isra that's, let's say, Pesach, Chometz on Pesach. So Chometz on Pesach is Shol Shlip Satmeis. A day after Pesach, it's completely kosher. Or the same thing a day before Pesach. So what happened? Did the spark change? Is it maybe only, only Isra Gavra, only on the person for those seven, eight days of Pesach? He's not allowed to eat it. Does not ever discuss that? That's only geared to this discussion here. It's again more chapter eight. We'll talk about it as well. But it's a meridikadiyuk also in the context of what's going on here. 
So now you have it. So he asked the question, that suddenly a, a kosher piece of meat becomes shalosh kipsat meis? So firstly, he says lefisha. But the explanation is because it's all about the person here. On its own, it's in its own klipas nega state. Not this direction, not that direction. The person has that power. And then, even furthermore, v'nasalehen levusha merkava lefisha. He uses lefisha twice. So the second thing is that that very body is becoming like a vehicle, a levusha garment, and a vehicle, a merkava, chariot, temporarily, for the shalosh klipas So one thing is how it affects the spark within the food, as it enters Bikirbe within him, within the person, and how he is now carrying that's how powerful a person, and then you say, even an insect comes before him. Okay, so with that, let's continue our reading. This is all the fisha. So now he continues and says, Ad is all temporarily ad until. Until the person repents, or he says, Yoshev returns, which is the Diak of Tshuva, returns. Why? Because it's not a new thing. The spark was there, the spark of Gdusha was there, and it was Klippus Nega. And, and it had the possibility to be elevated to Gdusha, like we learned before, the same meat and wine could be used to expand his mind for learning Teda and to use as a mitzvah of Enoch Shabbos the pleasure of Shabbos So now, until a person return, return, returns, says, So then when he does that, Then he's going to say, then he returns it back to Kedusha. Because he's, he's, returned, he's, he's returned to the Vedas Hashem at Terose. Instead of self-indulgence, like we said before, the first option, now he's returned it back to the, 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 the serving God and his Terose. And the Altareb explains, the Fishah, I'm sorry, Kilefisha Hoya. My mistake. Kilefisha Hoya Bosan Heter Viyayan. Kosher. For since the meat and wine were permissible and kosher, the person did not make them not kosher. The meat didn't become treif meat, God forbid. The wine didn't become not kosher. Is the way he's using it. He's directing it to non kosher ends. But the meat and the wine remain kosher. But that's the power, like what in the Dorim, the person has the power to do and vow an oath and, and, us, and, and he's able to permit, prohibit it to all people. So he's able to affect an object in regard to people's use of it. Same thing, you can make Hegdish. You can make something and dedicate something to Hegdish and it's sacred forever. You can't ever change that. Just as examples of the power of a human being. Even though the object itself on its own was not Hegdish, was not Kedish from birth. From uh, naturally, but because the bosser had fish oil, bosser had to be kosher, 
because this was kosher meat, permissible and kosher, uh, 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 permissible meat and yang kosher and kosher wine, and for that reason, they're able to return and ascend with him, imoy, with the person. Because again, it's his intention. If the person doesn't do tshuva, God forbid, then it remains in that state. But he has the power now, and that also brings the energy of the meat and the wine to ascend with the person, to holiness, as he returns and realigns himself to serve God. And here, you see, so another option here. Even though we've wandered off and the human being has used it in the wrong way, but remember, this is not we're going to learn about that later. If he does something prohibited, if he ate, God forbid, not kosher meat, or did something that was prohibited from the Torah, not his intentions were the, that were in the wrong direction, which is also, uh, of course, a fundamental problem, but it's a very different one. Here, the objects remain. Now, the meat and wine can thank him again, say, you know, you corrected your ways, and you redirected our spark towards serving God. And now the Alter Rebbe, beautiful diuk here, and with the word heter. You know, we hear heter, iser, iser heter, prohibited, Non-permissible, heter, muter, meaning allowed. So he explains, what's really the word, where does the word heter come from? So the Alter Rebbe says, Shuzeu loshen heter, umuter. This is the loshen, this is the implication of the language here, the Hebrew term heter, permissible, and muter, allowed, permitted. What does it mean? Kalaymer, this means, the word osur, per, per, permit, prohibited, also means bound. When something is osur, it's bound, it's tied up, it's being held hostage. When you say heter, it's unbinding it. When you matir, asurim, for example, you say you free the imprisoned ones. You free the ones that were in, in jail, in prison. So it's un, unbinding. So it's ain't a kosher for It's not bound. That's what heter is. It's not bound and tied up by the negative forces, by what he says, in the hands of the negative forces. That's an expression in Kabbalah Chassidus. Referring to the external, the outer energies. Because they cannot return and ascend to godliness because they're, they're off limits. They shouldn't be there altogether. We'll talk later what happens if, God forbid, a person does what he can do about it, tshuva-wise. But here we're talking about that even though his, his self-serving motives have temporarily affected the sparks and the energy within the meat and the wine, or whatever else that he did, but because they fundamentally remain kosher and permissible, so it's not permanent. It's not osur, it's mutter. 
So it's about realigning his intention. When he realigns his, realigns his intention, that's what happens. He redirects that energy. However, to say no, there was no impact, al comes now and qualifies. Rak Nevertheless, even after he did this tshuva, and he returned it, a trace, a reshima, a trace of it, of the negativity remains, nisha beguf remains in the body. And now the Alter Rebbe introduces a concept that's brought in Svarim called chibut hakever. Val kain sorech haguf lechibut hakever kamoishe is boy lekamen. That's why the body requires to undergo a thing called chibut hakever. Literally means cleansing after passing away, after death, as will be explained later in, the, in chapter 8, the next Patek. So saying that, in other words, there was something that happened here. You can't just completely ignore it. Even though there is a higher level of tshuva that can transform even this, but on a basic level that he's saying here, where a person's changed, realigned it, that's why the body still retains something from that moment, even if it was temporary, and requires this cleansing, chibatakever. The discussion of chibat kever in general is brought in Svarim. I'll give you the Marmikamis just in case somebody wants to look it up. It's in um, It's brought in Kafter Veferach, which is the Sefer that talks about Leilenu passing and after passing, Perik Yud, chapter 10. Chesed Lavrom, from Rabbi Avrom Avzuloi, Mayan Hei Nohar Dalad. Mayan is like, that's the way he structures it. And Reishis Chochme, Sharayira, chapter 12. Places where it discusses this idea. So basically, the things we do in this world, if we don't repair them completely, they will be repaired at some point. It's all part of the immunity system. And that's called chibat hakever. Something still remains. Then the Alter Rebbe adds, V'chein achayis shebetipo zera, sheyotzum menu betayvas bahamis. So he's bringing now another example of something that's not osir. It's something that's allowed, but it was used in the wrong way. What's he referring to? Something being absorbed temporarily in the negative energies of Shal Shkripsatmeyas. So applies to the energy in any drops of male seed, Tipazera, emitted with carnal desire. Or a person has his taiva, just like we said before about eating to indulge. So not only not, is it not the Gdush, it's to indulge in your own self, in your own needs, it's your own taiva. Shaloi Kiddush Atzmei. So we're talking everything is tahira. A person failed to have sacred intentions that you're supposed to have when you're intimate with your spouse. So even though it was all mutter, but his intentions again, his intentions led it to a place that temporarily is like controlled by Shal's clips at Meis, as we just discussed. So this too, and when and she was pure, Ishte Tehera, he said, not just his past, she was Tehera, she wasn't a Nida. 
So it's all pure, but the intention was such, this too temporarily was taken in the wrong direction, but then he can return it and elevate it back to Hashem when his intention changes. Doesn't say, doesn't conclude it, but he says, So then the same idea is applied to this. So this all covering Klippas Nega, we discussed how it can go in both directions, and we discussed how it could also be realigned, even when it goes in the wrong direction. The next section, which we'll learn next week, what about things that are completely forbidden? My Asuras, not heter, not things that are untied, but things that are bound and being held hostage by the negative forces. So we'll discuss that next week. So you see here the power of a human being. The lesson to each one of us in everything we do, we have this unbelievable strength. Even an intention, which you can say, it's only a kavona. But your kavona affects reality, affects existence. We'll stop here. This has been Tanya Applied. We'll go to tanyaapplied.com for all the archives, as well as to ask questions. Everyone be well. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasupply.com for archived classes and more resources.